The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, Immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage, bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why are we gathered here? What's the purpose of gathering as community? What's the purpose of church? In the back of the Book of Common Prayer, there is a little section called the Catechism which teaches some of those things. And the mission of the church, the purpose for which we exist, is to reconcile all people in, to God in unity and to each other. So our purpose for gathering is to be connected to God and to each other, which means that we are not whole except through Christ that there is something missing or something broken within us partially. We need, we need healing or reconnection to God, and that's why we gather here, to be reconciled to each other and to God, which means we are not reconciled unless we are gathered together through Christ. So I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about the, the purpose of church, and I, I'm going to go into a little bit, uh, some dangerous waters just for a second, just warning you. Um, because it's been helpful to hear something this week that's helped me think about that. Um, I read this week a statement from our presiding bishop on what's been taking place at the border. And, and he was trying to parse what's happening. And he says, basically, for, for a Christian response, there, there's, a difference. there's a difference in being strong and being cruel. And it's okay to have strong policies. It's okay to be strong but that's different than being cruel. And, and whatever we do 
as long as we, we do it with a lens that says that we look at the dignity and recognize that every human being is a child of God, you can still be strong. But what's wrong with cruelty is it comes from a place of weakness. It comes from fear or anxiety or weakness. And so I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about that image and how it is that, that within my own self, um, I, I think there is sometimes a desire to respond that comes from weakness, which is a loss of something. It means that we don't have something, we are not complete. So I was thinking back to this past Christmas, Christmas time, and, and I went to my hometown of Memphis and um, had one of these kind of magical evenings where I reconnected with, there were, there were eight of us that have grown up together and, and known each other each for about you know, almost 40 years and, and just kind of mind-blowing. Some, um, some of those people had moved away but were visiting their families as well, so it was just one of these magical evenings and we get back from, from going out and it's probably one o'clock and we're sitting around uh, my friend Brown's fireplace and we're just kind of rehashing every person that we have ever known and wondering where they are. Um, and we're just going through the Rolodex and people that we haven't brought up for years and years and, 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 and somebody brings up um, somebody's name and, uh, that, we, that I hadn't seen since third grade and the response is, that guy is such a jerk. <laughs> Might have been a little worse language than that, but I will spare y'all. Uh, and taunted me, I haven't seen this person in almost 30 years. And I'm carrying on this perception and recognizing that, that I think what we do is it's very human to kind of just carry things on. They become a part of us and they begin to shape us. So we carry them on for years and years. The way that we feel, the anger towards another human being, the guilt, the anger at our own selves. That, that it's just natural that we, we carry all of this baggage, things that we have done 30 years ago, things that, you know, guilt, shame, anger, resentment, not only at other human beings, but ourselves. And that then shapes who we are and we carry it. I mean, I'm probably not alone in thinking that there are many of us in this room that have done something years and years ago that we can't seem to shake and it has begun to shape who we are and we want nothing more than to be freed of that guilt or anxiety or worry or concern. And yet the church is saying that the goal of why we gather together is to be reconciled to each other, to be made whole. And so when I look at the liturgy of the, the work of, of our prayer book and what the church teaches, everything is about making that wholeness. In a moment, we're going to take three young children and pour water over them and, and, and remind them they are loved unconditionally by God forever, and nothing can change that. The Eucharist is about making us whole whenever we take bread and bless that bread and break it. It's about reuniting us to God. It's about making us whole. Whenever we have healing prayers over here, which we'll have today, and people have oil placed on their forehead, it's about being reminded that God is with them. It's about being, making, being made whole. There's a little part that we often ignore in the prayer book, but there's a place for confession and absolution where all those things that we have done 
can be laid upon God and God says, you're being made whole. Everything we do is about being reconnected to each other. And so the question comes, why is it that we carry so much anger or resentment or fear or anxiety that shapes us? And so when I hear this story in Luke's gospel, this story of a woman who has been crippled and unable to stand up straight for 18 years, I wonder if maybe she's not just physically disabled in some way. Maybe she's just carrying along a lot of grief or fear or hate or burdens that have kept her down for 18 years. And when Jesus places his hands on her, she knows that she is loved by God and able to stand up and be strong, but not burdened with all of that worry. She is healed. She recognizes that she is made whole. We have that opportunity as we gather here, God is always making us whole. We have that ability when we seek Christ, and it's a lifelong process for many of us to begin to let go of those feelings of pain, of grief, of doubt, of fear, of hate, so that we can live in fullness with each other. My hope is that we can believe the truths that bind us together and we can stand up to the fullness of life by seeking Christ in each other. Amen.